big hello to you City Champion listeners out there. This week, I had the chance to sit down with a man whose work has likely found its way into your life and your stomach, whether you realize it or not. Chris Lachance is the founder of Century Hospitality Group, who currently runs six restaurants throughout Edmonton, which include Lux Steakhouse, Deluxe Burger Bar, Hearts Table and Bar, MKT, Great Beer Selection, Parlor Italian Kitchen, Great Pizzas, and their newest addition to the family, Rebel Food and Drink in Parkview on 142nd Street. Chris has three decades of experience in the hospitality industry, but still somehow manages to stay ahead of the game in terms of new trends and tastes. In this podcast, we talk about a lot of fun stuff uh, that will interest you guys, including social change in the hospitality industry, building culture within his organization, and creating the ultimate guest experience. Most importantly, Chris talks about what to do when that experience doesn't meet expectations. It's really a treat to get to chat with people who absolutely love what they do, and Chris is certainly one of those guys. So please enjoy my conversation with Chris Lachance. What do you normally look at for like you just sit down about an hour okay yeah okay i mean we've already chatted for 20 minutes okay. here, right. but that's all right. right um so chris thanks for having me today Appreciate my pleasure it. thanks for having me yeah. what's going on in your world oh never ending keeping busy i mean it's a uh it's alberta so it's a constant grind uh here in order to make a buck these days in alberta it seems um but you know we've uh We've weathered it pretty good, mm-hmm. and uh, we got some exciting stuff happening. Potential new project uh, on the go. Just had uh, um, in our first quarter of Rebel Food and Drink uh, under our belts now, and now we've gone from winter to to summer instantly and skipped spring. So patio yeah. season is in is in uh, full force now. Yeah, the city's just alive the last few weeks. Like it's unbelievable. Well, cabin fever. I mean, the only thing we're missing now is, is you know, Oiler playoffs. But uh, you know, we don't want to talk about that too much. Who you, who you got for the rest of the way here? Oh boy, it's a tough one. I mean, I, I you know, I've got a little bit of allegiance to Vegas because I've got a friend that's on the, behind the bench there, and Ryan yeah. McGill. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously Winnipeg's such a great story. I want to see Winnipeg, and you know, then there's the. Uh, you know the heartstrings of seeing uh, Ovechkin finally get there, right? That's what I'm so talking about. yeah, it's tough. I mean, I actually, uh, actually, <laughs> just before sitting down with you, was uh, talking about my wager on the game tonight, and it was oh, yeah. kind of a flip the coin, Tampa <laughs> Bay or Washington, you know. So, how yeah. about yourself? Uh, I'd love to see Ovi win. I yeah. mean, personally, like I, I've enjoyed him ever since he came into the league. As much as I wanted to cheer for the Canadian and Crosby, yeah. just the personality of Ovi, yeah. just, you can't resist him. Um, I loved every bit of his celebration. You know, where he put the stick down, like all that stuff. I think the game needs more than more of that. Yeah. And to see him win, like even to see his interview after uh, winning the last round, and he's just like, it's about time. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. And it's great. I mean, the, the the Vegas story is just such a such a great story. Yeah. Um. I I don't know. I'm just throwing this out there. I don't know if if Flurry would be the first goaltender to win back-to-back Stanley Cups with different teams if they were to win. That's a good question. But he's the, you know, he's the golden boy right now in yeah. Vegas. I mean, every, you know, he, you look at it and go, Vegas is a market where the, you know, the hockey players could walk up and down the strip and nobody recognize them. Yeah. Well, not, not now. They, that's not happening. So my one gripe with having Vegas win is that 
Those, fuck, those fans don't deserve it yet. Come on. That, that or you didn't bet at the beginning of the year on the odds of Vegas winning the Stanley Cup. Yeah, right? yeah. No, I'm not a betting guy, but it's just like how many years have we suffered through? How many, like, you know, we came so close in 06. Last yeah. one was 1990. And, I mean, you lived through the yeah. the, the glory yeah. years. You were how, you were young in the 80s, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I was, uh, well, it's, it's funny. So um, I always joke about birthdays and... And my birthday was on the second darkest day in Edmonton's history. The first being Black Friday with the tornado. Yeah. And then the second one being the day that Gretzky was traded. <laughs> oh, no. August 9th, 88. <laughs> uh, so that was a tough way to celebrate my birthday. I always remember that. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, I was a young, impressionable kid mm-hmm. back then when the Oilers were winning, you know, Stanley Cups in the glory days. And, you know, I re- certainly remember... Uh, that 1990 Stanley Cup and some of the guys on the uh, on that Stanley Cup team are still yep. friends today and yep. drinking Billy Ranford, champagne. I see his picture up there. Yeah, that's Billy when they uh, had him here a little while back. But uh, yeah, I mean it's it's uh, I mean hockey's man. I mean it's a it's a it's cutthroat business. It's very tough and there's so much uh, parity in the league now. It's tough to win. Yeah. We'll you see know. what happens. It's interesting. So, how do you, Chris? How do you describe yourself to people? The rare person who doesn't know who you are already when you're out and about. <laughs> you meet someone, and, and what do you what do you say that you do? Well, I mean, I'm in the hospitality business. I'm in the people business. Ultimately, I mean, if you if you ask uh, if you ask any entrepreneur what keeps them up at night, um, the answers are wide ranging. But I think the common denominator there is people. And uh, for me, it's surrounding yourself with great people um, from a leadership standpoint, having great people on the front lines, and uh, having the right people as, as, as guests. I mean, we don't like to even refer to our customers as customers. They're guests in our home. And we try to you know, educate our staff that way and ingrain mm-hmm. it into their heads that mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's about taking care of people. So you know, for me, Century Hospitality Group, I mean, um, it's a hundred years of hospitality experience there, and I always say that hospitality is how you make people feel, and service you can get from a bank machine. And uh, you know whether we're selling um, burgers and beers at MKT, pizzas and wine at Parlor, high-end steaks and high-end wine at at, at Lux. Um, you know, I mean, my passion is the restaurant business. Um, the bar business, the hospitality business. I mean, I love people for the most part, but that's certainly, that's what keeps me up at night. <laughs> so you you had planned this for a long time, but I want to talk about an alter, or a parallel universe rather. Sure. One in which you're not a restaurant owner, but you were uh, a rock star. Your other path you wanted to pursue. <laughs> oh, geez, you've done some reading, eh? <laughs> Dr. Fiction. I like to read. Uh, well, it's funny. In, you know, I was, a, uh, I was a rebel without a clue, I think, coming up through high school with the with the long hair and, uh, you know, the drumsticks in hand, wanted to be a rock star. And yeah. in grade 11, I figured, uh, you know, here was my chance. And I, uh, I temporarily dropped out of high school, uh, much to the uh, uh, dismay of my, my parents. <laughs> Uh, and thought, okay, this is going to be my big break, and uh, spent a little under three months trying to be a rock star, and realized that that was not going to be the lifestyle for me. The love of it away with the hardship of it. Wasn't well, yeah, that abso- wasn't absolutely. And then you know, back back then in the you know in the mid '80s, you know, trying to put things into perspective, and 
again, I was a rebel without a clue. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do at yeah. the time. So hardly anyone is. Yeah, I mean, you know, so you, you you come back, you come back to school, you cut your hair. Uh, getting good grades was never really much of an issue for me. Um, in fact, I don't think all through high school, I don't think I, I ever took a book home to study for a test. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I was I was lucky that way. Uh, math was just math came easy for me certainly uh, but right out of high school and you know we refer back to talking about you know the orders in their heydays I mean right out of high school I'm this young impressionable kid that you know takes a job at a, at a new restaurant that was opening up in town the restaurant was called Trump's and it was very nouveau California um, a big restaurant uh, certainly for for a city the size of Edmonton and and it was all the, you know, it was all the who's who back in, uh, you know, 87, 88. And, um, you know, I, 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 I looked at it and I, I'm like, I, I, I love this. This is, this is great. I love people. And, and I was fortunate enough that I had a gentleman by the name of Hans Vogley who just recently, you know, called it a day in the restaurant business. He, for years, was a very recognizable and, and, um, well-respected restaurant tour in the city you know he took me aside and uh, said hey listen kid you know what are your what are your future aspirations and at that point I was well past wanting to be a rock star and uh, you know I joked with him about that and said you know I'll, well I'm, I'm gonna be a lawyer is what I had it sort of set my mind to and and he, he convinced me that you know law school will always be there and you know that I should uh, I should dig a little deeper here in the in the in the restaurant business, and I laughed and I said, well, you know, after the last couple of years with my dad going through the whole rock star phase, I think he'd have a tough time with me telling him I'm not gonna not gonna go get a, go to college and get a law degree, right, or any type of degree for that matter. Um, <laughs> I said, well, if you can convince my dad, uh, I'm, you know, I, I'm game to to stick it out. Mm-hmm. And two weeks later, I saw him having lunch with my dad in the restaurant. <laughs> so lo and behold, uh, the rest, I guess, is kind of history. I, uh, I stayed in the restaurant business. Mm-hmm. And so that would have been 1988. How long were you stuck in Dish Pit for? Oh, geez. Dish Pit, I was uh, there for about a month. and That's uh, actually not that bad. No, it wasn't. And, and quite honestly, um, speaking very candidly with you, Shane, I realized that I'm not gonna I'm not gonna meet any girls in the dish pit, you know, other <laughs> than the waitresses that coming back dumping their dirty dishes on my lap. You're like, I need to get to the front of the exactly, house exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, in uh, 11 years later, 1999, I came back and bought what was Trump's restaurant, and we launched Century Grill in in the spring of 2000. So. You know, that's sort of, I laugh my rags to rags story, because as I said, it's a grind to make money in the restaurant business. But, you know, when I when I sold what was Century Grill in in, uh, in 2015, there was a lot of, lot of years and a lot of history in that, in, in that building. But yeah. uh, do I have any regrets? No, not at all. I mean, I, I wish, uh, I wish that I would be able to look at my wall here and and have that law degree on the wall Mm -hmm. still because I think it would have been very helpful for me and uh, probably saved me some hard learning lessons um, throughout the course of business but uh, I love what I do for the most part my buddies give me a rough time that you know sometimes I say I'm a 
I'm a work of frolic because I, you know, I, I work a ton, but I enjoy doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, no, you know, certainly no regrets. How often do you get told you're you're lucky? Does that bug you if you do? Well, I mean, it's funny. My 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 last name Lachance, um, you know, translated is is uh, you know l- l- French, but obviously, you know, means luck and, and good luck. And uh, have I had some good luck? Absolutely. But I think on the same side, you you got to be good to be lucky. Um, you know, I think what a lot of people see on the outside, uh, looking in, is that. You know, all I, all I do is walk around the restaurants and shake hands and kiss babies, which is so far from the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I'm still holed up in the office at 10 o'clock at night, I mean, I'm working on my business versus in my business. And, yeah. you know, any entrepreneur will tell you, any anyone in business will tell you that the two are, are very different. I spent a lot of years on the on the front lines working in my business uh, you know you, it, it actually used to bug me not so much that people say that I'm lucky they it used to bug me that it's like oh geez I didn't want to call you before noon because I know you restaurant guys you know you, you, <laughs> you, you, you know you, you, you sleep all, all morning and I'm thinking to myself well I don't ever remember that being the case unless it was a night that I went out and had way too many drinks in the younger years but yeah, you know nowadays it's like Hey, uh, you know, emails are going at 7.30 in the morning mm-hmm. where most people, and when I say most people, the majority of people, it's like, hey, they're winding it down on a Friday afternoon at 4. Well, we're, we're just starting to wind it up in our business. Yeah. Um, you know, we sit here talking now on, you know, as we're going into the May long weekend, and it's kind of like, hey, like, I don't really look forward to the long weekends <laughs> because the long weekends sometimes can have a negative impact on business yeah. and in an environment like uh, Edmonton, Alberta, you know, we've got very, very few nice long weekends, nice summer days and, you know, people are gone to the lake or camping or doing yard work, barbecue and playing golf and mm-hmm. so going out and eating and drinking, you know, is down on the priority list. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's been a, it's been a very rewarding um 27 30 call it 30 years for me at this point uh being in this 30 plus now geez i'm aging myself (laughs) i've met a lot of great people i um i look at a lot of the people that i um socialize with or network with or go play golf with or you know not necessarily guys i went to high school with Uh, you know they're people that have become great friends they started off as a first-time customer and then became a guest and you treat them like a guest in your home and you know you become you become lifelong friends yeah Uh, so yeah it's been a very rewarding um, career and I look at it now and as I'm you know getting close to 50 I don't see any end in sight at, at, at this point other than you know, I, I hate to even say it, you know, the NDP putting us all out of business. <laughs> they continue to put increased cost pressures on, mm-hmm. on everyone here. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it is what it is. You got to roll with the punches and make the best of it. Well, the best find a way to adapt, right? Absolutely. And and what the best also do, and, and what you alluded to, is people just see you walking around having a good time. It's like, yeah, the best make it look easy. Yeah. That's, that's the key, right? Like, you don't want them ever to see you sweat. Absolutely. I mean, I guess. I guess what if if someone would look at 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 us or Century Hospitality Group as being the best or certainly a premium brand, which is what we strive for. 
Um, it would all go back to our people because I'm I'm nowhere without having great people around me, and uh, I can't I can't stress that enough that you know that is the most important asset that that we have uh, as an organization is our is our people. Um, you know you can go and spend a million, two million, five million, ten million on a restaurant and you know market the heck out of it and have the the, the latest greatest. Um, Offering, but if you don't have great people taking care of the guests, you'll be out of business uh, in no time. I mean, there's a there's an old joke that, that that's been around forever in the restaurant business. It's like, how do you make a million dollars in the restaurant business? It's like start with two, and you're down to a million in no time. You know. So, <laughs> what kind of people do you look for to fit your culture? Well, I mean, culture in any business is so important. Uh, you know, first and foremost. I think it's personality, it's attitude. Um, you know, you look for those qualities of, uh, you know, I call it the hungry and versus humble. Uh, you know, we'll get lots of lots of people come in with, you know, these world class resumes and, you know, traveled the globe and look at who I've cooked for or look at who I've served and, you know, I'm I'm more looking at. Why are you sitting here in front of me with a resume, looking for a job? Mm-hmm. There's, there's, there's got to be, you know, something wrong if your resume is so, so great. And uh, that's not every case, but you know, for us, it's, it's, it's hiring on personality, it's hiring on attitude, that drive, that passion. Uh, you and I were talking earlier about passion. I mean, it's, it's, it's so important. If I mean, I don't care what you do for a living. If you love what you do you'll be successful at it. Yeah. Well, the restaurant industry is tough because you get a lot of, by nature of it, a lot of people doing the part-time thing and just trying to pay the bills because at one point it was a, a, a lucrative thing to get into, bartending or serving. Yeah. Not, yeah. not so much these days, but... Um, so how, how do you cope with that? Well, it's, it, you know, it's, it's funny. I mean, as minimum wage continues to climb... Um, you know, I, I I chuckle and I cry at the same time. Where I've got some of my frontline people at times making, uh, you know, because we're a very cyclical business with the with the different cycles and the different seasons. So they're making more money than I am at times, and I'm the one taking all the risk. Right. Um, so, I I mean, the industry has had this this false persona forever because I think. Anybody that's become famous, or most people that's become famous, it's like, you know, that Hollywood actor or that superstar um, uh, athlete. It's like, oh, you know, I had this one job one time. I was, you know, flipping burgers in a fast food joint, or I was waitressing tables, and it it always was built as sort of that stepping stone to something else. And mm-hmm. and quite frankly, Shane, for me, it was going to be a stepping stone. To, to go into to college and, and get in becoming a lawyer yeah and I just never ever left it and um, it, it you know it doesn't bother me to this day but it's you know when I when I when I recognize somebody great in our organization and you know I have that same conversation that you know that Hans had with me back in 1988 going you know what do you want to do? You know with your life and when I hear that well I'm, I want to get a real job you know I'll usually sort of you know look back and say to them a real job 
are you saying that I don't have a real job then? Or are you, are you saying that, you know, uh, Darren doesn't have a real job or Justin or Jordan don't have a real job or, 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 or Susan doesn't have a real job? And no, no, that's not what I'm saying because, you know, it is a real job mm -hmm. for a lot of us. Mm -hmm. It's a very, um, it's a very uh, fun industry. Uh, you know, I've got people that have worked for us for l literally from inception and even prior to Century Hospitality Group forming in 1999. You know, I've got a couple of guys that come to mind that have worked with with us even before that time. And for them, it's their social life. Mm -hmm. You know, when everybody else is going out and, you know, spending a couple hundred bucks to go out and meet people, um, you know, they're coming to work and getting paid and meeting even more people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, on the nightclub side, I, I guess I look at it now as I age myself, um, you know, what's being replaced, you know, nightclubs are being replaced by, you know, Tinder and Bumble and all these, <laughs> all these, you know, these online avenues that, yeah. you know, geez, back when I was growing up and it's like, hey Shane, let's, let's go out for some beers this weekend mm -hmm. because that's the only way we're going to meet anybody. Or we can sit at home and you know watch the Dukes of Hazard or something like Something's that. Something's got to give, right? You, you, you know. Whereas now, you know, you don't even have to leave the comfort of your of your living room couch. Mm -hmm. You can sit there and meet more people online in a half an hour than you could in a weekend of going out nonstop. Yeah, meet uh, in in air quotes, basically, mm -hmm. because you know ultimately is that a real interaction? That that begs the that begs the question. But um, I think people get nostalgic about the the title or the end goal versus realizing that they should fall in love with the process, right? Yeah. Like you said, this was a stepping stone for you, but you all of a sudden realize that, hey, I actually love this. Yeah. Like, what, what do I need a law degree for? Like, yeah. like, why did you want to get a law degree? Was it to have a law degree or was it to practice law? No, you know, I was very, you know, I, I mean, once I think I sort of grew up or grew out of the out of the rock star phase, um, or the musician phase, I guess per se. Although, you know, I'd still love to jam with the guys at at, at, at this stage in my life. Do you still play? Um, you know, I've got a set of drums. They sit in storage because, yeah. quite honestly, I don't really have. Uh, I find myself. I I don't suffer from OCD, but I'm certainly a, an obsessive uh, compulsive disorder a type personality that everything has its place. Um, whether that's in my office or uh, in my my home, my 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 vehicles, you name it. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's helped me be successful in the restaurant business. Sure. It's all about attention to detail. And order. So the so the answer is yes. I have a set of drums still. Do I play? No, because they sit in storage because I don't have the right spot in my home to be able to put them. <laughs> you can almost fit them. In yeah, there. I could. Yeah, maybe <laughs> fit them in here. I'm not sure I'd have anybody working in the office if I was pounding away on the skins. You just have to hire some musicians. Then. There you go. There you go. But I, you know, I, I just, you know, for me, the law degree was. I was very intrigued by the law. I'm still very intrigued mm -hmm. by um, law. Uh, litigation legal I mean I, I sit back and I just absolutely scratch my head with uh, more like bang your head with what's going on right now with Alberta and BC with this pipeline and mm -hmm. you know the litigation and the legislation that's happening there you know and I always I, I knew you know and I think I came by it naturally with my father I knew that I was going to be a businessman um, you know I just happened to end up becoming a you know, a businessman in the restaurant business mm -hmm. versus a restaurateur in the restaurant business. Mm -hmm. um, and I felt having the law degree was certainly something that would have been 
to my benefit. Right. Uh, I've got lots of uh, you know successful um, examples that you can use, whether it's guys that have ended up on the Fortune 500 or just being successful locally here, and you know, quite often a lot of them will have you know law 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 in the in, in the tool in the toolbox. Right. Yeah, it seems it seems like something that helps a lot of people, but certainly not a prerequisite for success. Nope. And nope. and um, you know, I guess it depends what you want your ultimate legacy to be. Like, what do you want to leave? You know, in the lives of the the people that you leave behind, and and um, you know, you create memories. Mm-hmm. You create memories for all the times in which people who have soul sucking jobs want to get out of <laughs> you know you create the good in their life that offsets sometimes the bad i'm not saying for everyone but a large portion of people are just working to afford their lifestyle or working to work or work for the title yeah i mean it's it's ironic that you say that you know the 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 escapism that that sort of my industry can provide um in the right context and i look at how fast technology is changing and you know the Uber Eats and the Skip the Dishes are actually, you know, bringing quality food to people's doors, and they don't have to go out and you know uh, stand in line or make a reservation at a restaurant or uh, literally the comfort of their own home. But I've always said that you know our places are about allowing people to get away from the day to day. Um, and just sort of relax and again that goes back to that hospitality piece and you know how do you make people feel and you know a lot of my people will will give me a rough time um, and I don't know whether a it's because I'm married to a Jewish woman or B they look at me as just being a Scrooge or the Grinch at Christmas time but you know at Christmas time sort of December 10th everywhere you go whether you're in a shopping mall or an elevator or mm-hmm. you know a lobby of a hotel you're hearing Christmas music and I you know tell all my people unless we've got a you know a company that's taken one of our entire venues out for a Christmas party it's like we're not going to play Christmas music at Christmas time because that's what people hear everywhere else right they want to get away from that yeah. let's let's take them away well, seriously by December 15th you're sick of it yeah and, and you know quite often I hear from people and you know I pride myself on the types of rooms that we build you know when I can hear from a guest that oh wow this makes me feel like I'm in Vancouver or Toronto or Montreal or even take it to another level we're in an LA or in New York I mean you know when you can do that in in Edmonton you know, you know, you've done something well, and but again, I go back to it. It's all about people, and you know, am I proud of the fact that I think we have beautiful rooms? Yeah, I am, and and am I proud of the fact that I think we provide you know premium quality products, both on the food side and on the drink side, and consistency is key for us. I'm 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 most proud of the people that we have, and it's the people that that trump all of those things. Do you think there's ever going to be a time where somewhere, someone somewhere else in the world goes, man, this restaurant really reminds me of Edmonton? Oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> like we, we have, and I, you know, I'm just beginning to stumble upon this world. But we have a very strong arts and and food culture, considering yeah. our size. Yeah. Do we not? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Edmonton, and I'm not sure on the stat today. I used to sit on the board for the Restaurant and Food Association years ago. But Edmonton at the time had more restaurants per capita than any other city in Canada. 
It's unbelievable. And, you know, you look at a lot of concepts that have come and gone through Edmonton, and it's kind of like Edmonton's the test market. It's like if we can be successful in Edmonton, we can be successful anywhere. And, you know, I look at, you know, certainly the Fuller family, who I have a lot of respect for with the Earls and Joey and and Local and, uh, you know, the spinoff with Richard Jaffrey and Cactus Club. And, you know, they, they, they got their start here mm-hmm. in Alberta, in Edmonton. And now, you know, they're not looking back. They are absolutely exploding out east and now down into the U.S. again. You know, they had initially made, a, uh, you know, an attempt into the U.S. years ago. Um, you know, Edmonton is a, Edmonton's an amazing city. I mean, when, when I travel and I, and, you know, I, and I enjoy traveling, it's, you, know, you run into people and it's like, well, where are you from? I'm from Edmonton, Alberta. And, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, I know where that is. Or they'll say, oh, the Oilers or Wayne Gretzky as yeah. an example. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody seems to know Calgary from the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I'm proud of, I'm proud of being an Edmontonian. Um, you know, being local, I mean, Edmonton is an is amazing city with amazing people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I would say maybe, you know, something that I, I guess, I, I don't know if I, if I could say it irritates me, but I've certainly had this conversation so many times. I mean, everybody talks about eat local and support local and buy local. And, 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 and to me, it's almost like, isn't that what you're supposed supposed to do if you're in business and you, you, you started here like right I mean we're a local company that's been supporting local companies and buying local at every opportunity we get putting money back into the economy like that's just the right thing to do right um, you know I, I laugh and I don't know maybe this is a strange comparison but it's like you know I'm a big dog lover and, and I'm out running the dog and you know God forbid my dog decides to do his business on your front lawn. Well, the right thing to do is just to pick it up and mm-hmm. on, on I go. Could you imagine if I like knocked on your door and you came to the door and I, I just want to let you know that, you know, my dog did his business on your front lawn, but I, hey, I picked it up. Yeah. And I, and I look at that and try to tr- try to make the parallels to my industry. And it's like, should I have to brag about the fact that we're a local company? Do I have to let people know that, you know, that I'm a, born and raised Edmontonian and you know have just this is just what we've been doing all along and you know it's it's almost like we get looked at as the as the you know the evil side or the you know the dark side it's like oh you know I'm gonna go support local and I'm like hello like we are local right Right. so you know I'm 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 a a proud booster of Edmonton and I always will be Mm -hmm. Uh, certainly I as a businessman, I have my concerns around, you know, our current, uh, you know, government and obviously what's happening here with the economy. But I'll always, I mean, geez, if I win the sixty million tomorrow, I'm still, <laughs> still going to be in Edmonton. Comes come the next day. Yeah. Well, I and I mean, it's you know, you shouldn't have to brag about that, Mm-mm. in my opinion. But at the same time, it's part of your story, right? And mm-hmm. and you know, a big part of of why people would choose you over a competitor is the story. Yeah. And so might not be bragging, but at the same time, yeah, it's something to be proud of. Like, because you could, you could, you know, I, I see what, I can see it both ways. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So how come you decided to go with the, the concept model for your restaurants versus the franchise model? You've got Earl's, you've got Boston Pizza, both extremely, glo- well, inter- um, 
North American successful, yeah, right? Yeah. Well, certainly, you know, for me, it's about the building process. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, um, I'm the creative guy. I'm the, I'm, I'm the guy that loves to build, and that's that's where the passion really comes in. Uh, from an execution standpoint, yeah, having multiple brands, multiple locations, it's difficult. Uh, when you've got the same, and I don't want to say cookie cutter, but when you've got the same system and process across the board, whether you've got one location, two locations, 10 locations, or 200 locations, it becomes a lot easier because everybody can simply just be transplanted. It's, you know, we, we will employ anywhere from three to five, six hundred employees seasonally. Um, and, you know, yes, a lot of them are part time. But boy, well, life would be sure easy if all of a sudden it's like, you know, we need two line cooks to go to, to the downtown store now, take them from the south side store. Well, they know exactly what they're doing. They're just doing it in a different environment. Right. But for me, it was always about, you know, the building, the, the con, con, you know, the visualization and the, and, and, and the concepts and, you know, having a, having a portfolio, having a group of diff, different restaurants and, uh, I think we saw great success with the deluxe brand and saw that that was something that we could duplicate and you know we did and you know at three locations at the time you know the opportunity was there to um, you know sell to a, an equity group that quite honestly and, and 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 I'm not ashamed to admit it had much deeper pockets than than we do and the ambition to to, to grow it and um, you know I guess kind of like you know, seeing your child grow up and go off to college and go off on their own, you know, as a concept that we kind of birthed and and watched it grow. And, uh, you know, they've since opened up another location in the airport. And I, you know, I would say that probably the, 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 the stall there on their growth was simply the timing in Alberta's economy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's, Shane, that's for me, where probably the, you know, the fun stays in the business is mm-hmm. just growing it. I mean, Rebel was a concept that literally started, you know, tell the old, well, started on the back of a cocktail napkin, but yeah, it literally started. <laughs> cliches are cliches yeah, for a reason, yeah, right? Yeah, it, that's how it started. And you started, have a ton of, on a napkin. and you have a ton of artistic in, input and influence in these new locations, right? Absolutely. I mean, you know, they say, <laughs> they say, uh, you know, imitation is the best form of flattery. And, you know, I travel a lot and see a lot of great ideas in my travels and sadly a lot of the, those great ideas are ideas that you know wouldn't work in a in a market like Edmonton we're just too small of a of a market and uh, you know looking at you know sort of our core customer you know you try to you know you try to find what will what will fit uh, into this marketplace and so I like to try to take a little bit from here and a little bit from there and you know bring it back and uh, you know there's been times where it's literally Wow, that's that's amazing. Let's let you know. <laughs> let's let's take that and do it literally. <coughs> excuse me, copy and paste. Yeah. And other times, you put your own Century Hospitality Group spin on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, where did I hear years ago that you know, good artists borrow and great artists steal? <laughs> like it's uh, you know whether it's the music business or the film business yeah. or the restaurant business, it's all that creative process. Mm-hmm. What's the riskiest move you've ever made in terms of the Century Hospitality Group that's panned out? 
Oh boy. I would say the riskiest move at the time was doing Lux Steakhouse. Um, you know, at the time, our downtown was Deadmonton. Like, there was nothing happening downtown. Uh, at nighttime, you literally could bowl down Jasper Avenue. Um, you know, there was an opportunity to take an existing restaurant. And I've always been a proponent of, you know, pick, pick a market and be one or two in that market. And if you can't, then find a different market. And, right. and at the time, you know, there was uh, High Steak Loft downtown and there was the keg. Um, and the keg was sort of in suburbia appealing to the masses and mm -hmm. I thought here's a great opportunity to do a really uh, upscale next generation cool steakhouse I mean this is Alberta right we're all about beef you think and uh, going into downtown you know everybody said oh you're crazy you're crazy and you know we we smashed it out of the park when we opened up Lux mm -hmm. and um, sort of if you build it they will come yeah you know in, 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 in that case yeah I think so I think it you know it, it, it worked well for us and you know two and a half years later we ended up doing 100 literally a block and a half across the street yeah and that was a that was a play that you know we knew we were going to take from ourselves in doing so but if we didn't go into that space somebody else would have and mm -hmm. You know, I'd sooner take from myself than somebody else uh, eats my lunch in front of me. Yeah. You know, so we did that. And, um, you know, but I, I think honestly, um, at, at this stage in my uh, life and the life experiences that I've had and the experiences that, um, you know, my people share, I mean, I've got a controller that's been with me since day one and she literally is sort of my calming force. Uh, my wife jokes that she's my 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 other wife. I Work probably wife. see her more. Yeah. Um, you know she's the she's the conservative one. I'm the one that's always you know let's go for it. Let's go for it. You know this business is a gamble every day. I mean we were talking earlier about you know who are you taking you know tonight Washington or Tampa Bay and it's kind of like I don't need to gamble every day I get up and go to work I'm gambling but yeah. uh, at least with this you can control the yeah. outcome to a modicum you know I don't look at uh, anything that I do anymore I mean if I think if I think the risks are too high then it's probably not the right deal and I can honestly say now that the best deals that I've done are the ones that I haven't done yeah yeah you know? of course what about uh, creatively with a concept or uh, or a menu item or something like, is there anything that sticks out risk wise that you were like, this is really a gamble, but let's do it, and it worked out for you. <laughs> oh, geez, there's lots there. And um, I mean, and, and kind of adjacent to that question is how you know how how risky is too risky? How do you drive forward a new trend without being off putting to people? Well, we've always tried to be a Century Hospitality Group. We've always tried to to work off that. 70-30 rule and that 70 rule is you know create great food that everybody recognizes and wants the comfort you know the the, the sweet spot mm -hmm. so to speak um, 
you know, nobody, myself included, wants to go to a restaurant, look at a menu. You're sitting there with, you know, you know, four of us are on the table and we're all kind of looking at each other to see which one's going to look up first and say, does anybody understand what, 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 what we're about to eat here? <laughs> um, you know, and then the 30% would be, let's have a little bit of fun and let's take a little bit of risk. And uh, even for us taking risk, you know, I mean, certainly compared to my travels or, you know, what, what other people are doing. I mean, our restaurants are big restaurants. I mean, our smallest restaurant is 92 seats. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I look at, at, at some of these uh, independent operators that have got, you know, 30 seats or 40 seats. You know, when, you, when you've only got 40, 50 seats to fill every night, you can take whatever risks you want. Yeah. But when you've got 150 seats or 250 seats or, geez, in MKT's case, 700 seats, like, you know, you, you, you got to make sure those risks are, are, are fairly calculated risks. So, yeah. you know, sure, we've had some fun from, you know, the big ass grilled cheese to mama's got balls to my wife's favorite salad. <laughs> um, you know, my wife's favorite salad at the time, you know, my wife was a was a vegetarian and I'm like okay well this doesn't become a seller unless we had a protein to it right and my wife's like well then it's not my it's not your wife's favorite salad <laughs> well it's gonna be um you know so yeah I mean we've 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 taken some risks for sure I think we've taken some risks on some locations mm -hmm. um, but again you know when you look at our business model and you know the amount of, of uh, seats that we have and the turns that we need to do in order to be profitable I mean you know often the the restaurant model for success is owner operator chef 50 seats you've created yourself uh, a great way to make a living um, you've bought yourself a job your business doesn't function when you're not in it, which is why you see some of Edmonton's, you know, a couple of my um, uh, f favorite or frequented restaurants. I mean, they'll shut down in the summertime for two weeks so that the owner, operator, chef can go on a holiday. Right. They'll shut down at Christmas time or just after Christmas time so that they can spend some family time. You know, our our businesses are are, are not that way. They're, I mean, that's. I mean, again, I'm a businessman in the restaurant business, and um, you know our. Our businesses are, you know, literally 360 to 364 days a year. Mm -hmm. Well, that's good because you keep the consistency and that's so important for people, mm -hmm. right? To know that they can go there at any time or, you know, for a while restaurants were going with the open late. Yeah. But then they would just kind of, they would give them free reign to close whenever it yeah. suited them. Yeah. But there's nothing worse than that. And then you're never going to gamble on it. Again, no. Right? If, no. If you go in it, the doors are closed. Yeah. So I want to talk about guest experience and, and okay. hospitality because it's one of your strong suits. And myself, having worked in, you know, part time in the hospitality industry mm -hmm. for, I don't know, seven years now, yeah. eight years. Um, and you were good at it when we first met. For the record, <laughs> so. I still, I still, I'm all right. Yeah. I think what really helped me was asking myself what can I do versus what do I have to do? Mm -hmm. And that made such a big, it's such a little tweak in your mindset, but made all the difference. It's the difference between, you know, walking by an empty glass on a table and picking it up or not picking it up. Mm -hmm. It's not like, well, that's not my job, that's the service table yep. versus, no, I should just do it because I can, because I can make this place incrementally better with every little input that I have. Yep. Um, but talk about the things that go on behind the scenes um, that a lot of people don't, 
don't realize that well, makes that that experience so seamless from the, the moment you walk in to the moment you walk out i mean again it's edmonton we're in uh, playoff hockey final four right now and you and i were sort of talking a little hockey before um you know we went live here you know my business is no different than a dressing room and a hockey team um, what the people see is the product on the ice. What they don't see is what goes on off the ice. What they don't see is what happens at practice. What they don't see is what goes on in the dressing room. What conversations are had. Uh, you know, you know, you look at the four teams that are in the, in the finals here right now. Um, is it because they have the best players, or is it because they've got, you know, a coach or coaches that have, you know, got in the got 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 in the most. Out of their uh, out of, out of the least and the best out of their best. I mean, it's everybody coming together as a team. And you know, when you talk about, geez, I'm not going to pick up that glass. That's the server's job. Um, I mean, when you do pick up that glass, or when you do run into a customer, you know, a customer or a guest that, you know, is asking, you know, where's the washroom? Well, don't point them to where the washroom is because if they're asking where the washroom is, that means it's probably a good chance that's their first time in there. Mm-hmm. Take that opportunity to walk them to the washroom. Take that opportunity to ask them if it's their first time. You know, make a recommendation. I mean, that's what that's that. Again, that goes back to culture. That goes back to people, to leadership. Uh, I mean, that's what sets you apart. And I mean, consistency. Yeah, consistency is the the key to the restaurant business. I mean, you know, a a consumer goes back over and over and over again to the same place because they like what they got the first time, and then they like what they got the second time, but. They ended up there the second time because they liked what they got the first time. Well, mm-hmm. if on the third time they show up there and the same thing isn't there, or the experience is different, you may lose that customer. Um, you know, so you know when you want to talk about what goes on sort of behind the scenes, what we don't see, it's so much. There's so much preparation. I mean, the team that wins tonight is probably going to be the team that's that's more prepared. Uh, when the puck drops, um, the team that wins tonight. When I go, for, you know, from here to my next meeting over at MKT, is you know, if if they're prepared for a busy night tonight, they're going to be successful. If they're not prepared for it, we're probably going to lose the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've laughed and joked with my guys because, you know, we're in a male-dominated industry. It seems, which is unfortunate because you know we have some amazing women in our in our organization, and and quite honestly, I wish we had more. Um, but you know, I've used the analogy of saying, could you imagine if the puck dropped at seven o'clock tonight and all the coach did was show up at 10 to seven, walk into the room and say, okay, everybody ready to go. All right, good luck. Let's go play hard. And then he walked out onto the bench, turned around, looked at the fans and just started shaking hands and kissing babies, Mm -hmm. which is what people think the restaurant business is shaking hands and kissing babies. Mm -hmm. All the hard work in order to win that game was prior to the puck being dropped and the same goes in in our business so you know whether you want to use the analogy of an Olympic athlete a hockey team a football team a soccer team baseball basketball you know I, I, I run so many parallels I mean you can see the books in my office here I run so many parallels to sports and business it's about it's about being prepared and it's about having those those glue guys in the in, in the room it's about having the leadership I mean uh, probably less and less now I have to have those difficult conversations because those difficult conversations come from teammates in the business when you have a real team right I mean 
you played hockey. I played hockey as kids. Like, I mean, would you sooner have the coach come in and ream you out? Or would you sooner have the guy in the stall beside you tell you that you did a shitty job tonight mm -hmm. and you need to pull up your socks for the next game? Mm -hmm. I don't know what I'd sooner have. It's ownership towards a common goal, right? Uh, ab absolutely. I mean, I look at, you know, our core values and, um, you know, pretty simple stuff. Um, you know, table stakes, pride and passion, honesty and integrity. But, you know, when we have everyone an entrepreneur, it's like, well, what does that exactly mean? Everyone an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Treat the business as your own. That's ownership thinking. And for me, ownership thinking is I'm taking care of that gift no matter what, whether it's my responsibility or not. Mm -hmm. um, that's probably what pains me the most when I walk into our restaurants and you know I look around and it's like the restaurant spidey sense I can you know <laughs> see a couple there sitting there staring at each other the you know mm -hmm. somebody's looking at their watch and it's like I'll instantly go back into the kitchen and I'll and, and I'll and I'll look for for bill time and you know an ETA on you know table 15 and they're like we're running at 21 minutes how did you know that table was running behind oh I could just see that reverse so, engineer it right? exactly exactly yeah, it's um, it's it's such an interesting industry, and I think people get away from the idea of of it being about people, right? It's about mm. that being connection, and you know, when you think of positive, when you go and look at the reviews of any restaurant, the most positive ones are always loved our server, loved yeah. our bartender, manager yeah. was great. It's yeah. all it's the best. The best reactions are always about the people. The quality is there, and the food's great. Yes, yes, but yeah. what really puts it over the top is the interaction, and conversely, the relationship can uh, also salvage maybe a not perfect experience quality wise yeah. because things do go wrong every once in a while and it's only natural but if you own that if as the manager you say hey I'm sorry I, re I realize that your food is five minutes late and, and that's our bad and and, and we ma we made a mistake that's so much better than just ignoring it and not facing it and, and then wondering where's our food they don't care they don't like us they don't give a shit about us right again like, looking back at sort of the mini library here in my officers book up there called raving fans and you know we're not perfect by 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 any means I mean geez we can screw up a glass of water we can in <laughs> fact we can in fact screw up your experience and we've done so before we've even given you anything mm -hmm. whether that's the greed at the front door or the lack of a greed at the front door mm -hmm. whether that's we go to seat you down at table 15 and you ask why you can't seat at table 18 and we say well that's reserved for a VIP well <clears throat> you're supposed to be the VIP so you know we can screw it up we have, you know, we will again. Um, I mean, I, I try to use the comparison of, you know, take the, take the greatest pitcher out there and take the greatest batter out there and, and, uh, you know, put one over at home plate and one on the pitcher's mound and Friday night we'll serve in the, you know, the average restaurant will serve, uh, I don't know, two to 300 plates, let's call it. Mm -hmm. Well, pitcher, go ahead, throw two to 300, of your best fastballs, yeah, and let's see if the batter hits one everyone over the fence. Mm -hmm. You're gonna strike out, and you may strike out a lot. So you know, I look at it and I talk about the raving fans. You know, that becomes ambassadors of of, of your business. Mm -hmm. I almost wish there was a fail safe somewhere in our execution where we intentionally could screw something up, but it didn't cost us to screw it up and we didn't lose the customer right off the bat of screwing it up, but we got the opportunity to fix it mm -hmm. because your ability and how you fix it is how the customer remembers you and, how, and, and, and what that gist does 
the next day when they're standing on the first tee with their three buddies about to play golf and going, I went to this amazing restaurant last night and this is what happened to me. Mm-hmm. Something hit the rails and then they, they, they corrected it and they fixed it. Mm-hmm. And you know, people would be surprised, but the restaurant business, if you do it well, it's a lot about analytics and you know measuring drink times measuring build times measuring average gist checks well not to give away the secret sauce here but we we measure guest touches mm-hmm. and for us a guest touch is actually making a connection with a customer and i pride ourselves on the fact that you know when one of our leaders come to a table to fix a problem Fixing the problem is not, oh, we'll just take care of your bill and and and, and, and away you go. Are you ever going to come back just because we did that? Maybe, maybe not. No. It's it, it's 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 truly about you know fixing the problem mm-hmm. and earning the business back. And you know, for me, it's like, I mean, I've spent the last uh, several months at, at at Rebel since we've opened and. To me, it's you know introducing myself and saying, hey, you know we're on our third week in business, or we're on our eighth week in business, and is this your first time here? And you know we value your feedback. Can you you know give it to us, good or bad? Mm-hmm. And you know quite quite frankly, I mean there's a there's a saying out there: the customer's always right. I hate to say it, the customer's not always right, and people. Um, you know, don't take, don't give their peep, their staff enough credit. To me, I, I want to listen to my to my servers. I want to listen to my line cook. I want to listen to the dishwasher who constantly uh, is is dumping half of a dish into the garbage, and it's the same dish. The dishwasher can tell me what my biggest dog on the menu is more so than me listening to a customer on it. Mm-hmm. But we we're a restaurant group that you know and and. I may be eating the leather on my shoe here, but I mean, you come into one of our restaurants and you meet one of our managers, and there's a, a, a you know a natural exchange, whether it's a handshake or a business card. You better get into the office the next day, or open up your your, your desktop or your smartphone, and, and you better have an email from that manager in our company saying, "Hey, you know what, Shane? It was great meeting you last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there's anything that I can ever do for you again, please reach out to me." Any of our restaurants happy to make a reservation? We'll see you again. That to me is what creates raving fans, mm-hmm. and that to me is what hospitality is all about. And you know, yeah, we have different concepts. And you know, I look at the the the, the guests that'll be in at Lux. Um, you know, having a steak tonight versus the guests that'll be in at MKT. You know, on our tap that Thursdays, drinking uh, you, you know very good priced beer. It's a very different customer. Mm-hmm. But they're still looking for the same thing. Yeah, great hospitality and positivity breeds positivity, yep. right? The the more you can build up all the people within your business, they're only going to serve to build up the customers even more, and it's just going to become a positive feedback. Absolutely. Right? I look at all the places that I've worked in. You you know you you build that rapport with the guests. You all of a sudden they're coming to you. You're the default versus like oh yeah let's make a decision. Oh they want out. It's like no no no. We always go there versus you know once a week. And it's it's a great thing because that takes them from customer to friend essentially. Yeah, and pretty and pretty soon it, it it becomes relevant what the what the name on the sign is above the door, uh, especially as the trends change. And you know, I I, I look at it. Um, again, we were talking talking sports earlier and going. 
uh, well, hey, we, we need to become, you know, bigger, tougher, stronger. Well, now we need to become uh, more skilled and quicker. You know, the restaurant business changes just as fast as, you know, any other industry out there changes. And, you know, today it's about time. It's about convenience. It's about value. I think it's always been about uh, value, uh, most certainly. But, you know, now it's like, hey, let's go see Shane. Let's go see Chris. Mm-hmm. So again, it doesn't matter what the what the name on the door is, and and quite honestly, if you've built that relationship, and every guest should be that VIP guest, um, you know, y- you'll come in and we'll make you whatever we can make you. If, if you know, <laughs> yeah. if you're craving a turkey pot pie, well, yeah. hey, I guess we're making you a turkey pot pie yeah. if we can tonight. Right? Your old favorite's not on the menu, but we'll do it for exactly. you. Exactly. How has social media affected your business? Um, well, I mean, if you're doing all the right things, it can only serve to help, I'd imagine, but you probably have to occasionally deal with the troll every once in a while. Social media is a tough one. Um, it really, I mean, I think it's changed business for everybody, but... You can't be an asshole anymore and get away with it. Yeah, I just, I, I, I look at it and I go, you know, for us, we put through a heck of a lot of gifts on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, and again, we, we we're gonna screw up. It happens. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a personality conflict. There's a long time on a on on, on a bill. Uh, something was overcooked. Something was underdone. Something wasn't the right temperature. Uh, you know, the beer's too warm. The wine's too cold. There, it's always something. But you know, I, I've 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 come after this many years. I've come to believe that. People will complain for two reasons. They will complain because they genuinely care. They like your business. Maybe they like you. They want to see you get better. So they actually don't mind a little carefrontation. That's the term that I like to use is that, <laughs> is that you know, I'm going to tell you this because I think you need to hear it. Right. And you can do what you want with it. We do what we want with it. We we, we certainly, you know, uh, take every uh, guest feedback seriously. In fact, we pride ourselves on the fact that you go to our website and go into our talk to us forum, and you know we're listening. I mean, you send something out, you're getting a response back. Um, you know, within two three hours. Um, but I mean, it's 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 gotten to the point that. That, that it gets a little crazy out there and and you know the the other customer that complains is because they want something for free mm-hmm. I can if you can believe it or not I can this isn't wasn't too long ago it was a Saturday night at about seven o'clock and I, I still to this day get everything that goes to our website comes to my my smartphone and you know I have my director of operations our culinary leadership it, it gets filtered accordingly but I, I want to be still to this day I, I got my my hands on the on my finger on the pulse I, I want to know what's going on of course so it's shortly after seven o'clock on a Saturday night in one of our restaurants I know it's busy because I you know we have cameras in all of our restaurants I can check and some guest has actually taken the time to go on to our website navigate through the pages to the talk to us and write I've been sitting here with my wife for 10 minutes and still haven't gotten any service and I've used this as basically a case study on several occasions Mm -hmm. to go so this customer thought it would be easier to do that and more beneficial to, to do that 
than it would be to flag down a server mm -hmm. or get up and go to the front and ask for a manager and explain that, giving us the opportunity to correct it. Right. Um, so again, for me, social media, we've already talked about how technology from the Uber Eats and the Skip the Dishes, those online ordering platforms have changed. The social media has just given um, you know that guest a curtain to maybe hide behind to if they want mm -hmm. to give you that feedback and you know I, I'll put it out there um, you know we make mistakes if our guests tell us give us the opportunity to correct it and yep. we don't correct it then we're fair game mm -hmm. attack us do whatever you want on social media um, I'm thinking going back several years here now um, when we still had deluxe I mean Leanne Falder in the journal ran a column about, you know, give us the best burger in Edmonton. And, uh, you know, what it ranged from McDonald's to Burger Baron to Dairy Queen to, Del I mean, you, you name it. Well, we were obviously in there and at the time we were kind of the only sort of one-off upscale burger boutique. Um, and, you know, some some trolls, I guess, is that if that's what you refer yeah, to them now, exactly. got on there and said, oh, geez, I wouldn't feed that to my dog, worst burger, <laughs> you name it. Yeah. So I got back and I, I, I went on and actually, you know, wrote what I thought was a, was a very constructive piece of feedback and mm -hmm. say, hey, we make mistakes. Uh, you know, we pride ourselves on delivering a great product to all of those people out there that we, you know, have obviously disappointed or not delivered on, mm -hmm. I will ask you to respond to, to, to we came up with essentially a, a, a deluxe burger bar email that they could simply just give their information to and we would send them out a $50 gift card yeah. to come and give us an opportunity to earn back their business. Right. So of the dozen or so trolls that commented, we got zero. Not one of them would take us up on the offer. They all just went silent. Mm -hmm. And if I think back to them, we ended up then at that point having a bunch of people come to our defense yeah. on social media. That's the thing, the truth is always gonna come yeah. out. And now even more so than ever with social media, the yeah. truth will come out. I, I thought you were gonna say that you responded back. You know, I wouldn't feed my my uh, one of these birds to my dog either. They're they're kind of expensive yeah. for dog food, and I'd uh, imagine he'd want more than one. But my dog is very spoiled. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, so social media has made it very difficult, and I and I and I, uh, you know, I've experienced it firsthand. I feel sorry for others out there. It's. You know, we put our blood, sweat, and tears into opening up a mm -hmm. restaurant and doing our best, and you know, bringing what we can to to the market and to the guest. And mm -hmm. geez, you know, if we make a mistake, like give us an opportunity to yeah. fix it. Well, it's better because that way, instead of them just never coming back and you not knowing, at least you're aware of it, yeah. right? So either they don't come back um, and you don't get a chance to fix it, or they do and you do with them, but you get a chance to fix it for everyone else going forward. And it's uh, you know. We had an incident at Rebel when we first opened right at Christmas time and you know you, you, you knew exactly who the guest was and then you know that they got all their friends to then do the same thing and say we were all there and we all experienced the same bad Jesus. you know yeah. service and it's kind of like you know really tearing everyone down like you know give us a call the next day mm -hmm. and give us an opportunity to correct it and see how we respond then yeah because if we fail then then as I said we're open game yeah 
got to feel bad for people like that because if you go through life with that mindset, mm -hmm. trying to tear other people down versus giving you know constructive feedback, it's just got to be really bitter and contemptuous. It's, it's got to be tough. <laughs> and, you know, I, I am never ashamed of us as a company having high standards. Um, you know, I don't apologize for anything that 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 we uh, do and strive to be. Uh, you know, our our business is is all about attention to detail. It's about trying to be the best. And I joke with my well, I joke and I'm serious at the same time that if we're not at the table we're on the plate and the saying is is that if we're not out there talking with our guests if we're you know if we're not building relationships we're being eaten and uh again i don't make apologies for 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 having those high standards because for us it's if we don't attack ourselves first we're going to get attacked by the competitor we're yeah. going to get attacked by the consumer yeah and i'd much sooner you know find out ourselves than find out from you know the next guy that opens up across the street and eats our lunch. So, Chris, what's your favorite restaurant in town that's not one of your own? Oh boy, that's a tough one. Um, like, what percentage of the time do you spend in other restaurants in the city? Because you obviously. So I actually go out a fair bit, um, and it's twofold. Uh, one for the very uh, little amount of time that I get to spend with my family, my my wife and daughter particularly, who's since moved off to Vancouver. Uh, they don't like going out for dinner with me if it's one of our own restaurants because I'm too distracted focusing on our customers and Natural. you know getting yeah. up from the table and I you know if I'm geez, if I'm hearing the phone ring or a half empty glass on a table, it's that muscle um, memory, right? Yeah, and it's. So, you know, they don't like to go, I mean, they, they certainly love our restaurants and I look at them as they, they are our restaurants. Uh, they don't like going out with me. So, <laughs> you know, I, I think there's some, some guys doing great work in this this uh, this city. I mean, Paul Schufelt, who was our corporate chef for years, opened up his own spot called The Workshop, mm -hmm. a great, great little spot over in Ellerslie. I look at Daniel Costa with what he's doing. I certainly enjoy going up, you know, Barbrinko for a glass of wine or mm -hmm. um, Uccellino for a drink. I love uh, I love Allegro over in Crestwood. It's mm -hmm. close to home. Rico does an amazing job there, and yeah, it's you know, it's that's a tough question to, to, to ask because I think our restaurants are <laughs> are are the best. Yeah. Um, you know, let's. How much do you how much do you confer or collaborate with other restaurant owners in this city? Like, do you guys you know ever get together? Are there conferences, secret meetings, anything like well, that? Well, I don't know if there's any secret meetings. I mean, there's certainly you a. You wouldn't say if there were. Yeah, so no, no, no. I would, I would. Sure. Well, if there's secret meetings going on, I'm not part of them, I guess anymore. Okay. <laughs> you know, there there's certain there's certain operators in this city that are very accommodating and very open and understand that you know as a, as a as a team or as a group we're limitless as to what we can do here and I think you've seen that in Edmonton's um, you know uh, restaurant um, growth in the last sort of seven eight ten years um, and at the same time there's a lot of a lot of guys out there that are very guarded and you know they don't want to share any information and mm -hmm. 
you know, I, 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 I got a, I got a newsflash. I don't think there really is any secret sauce out there. I don't think there are any, um, you know, uh, silver bullets. It's, you know, treat people the way you would expect to be treated yourself. Um, don't rip the customer off. Show your gifts great value. Give them a great experience. Um, create a great environment, a safe environment, certainly now in today's society. And, you know, be who you are. Um, I, I would say that there's a lot of collaboration going on in this city. Uh, again, sometimes we get looked at, at as the sort of the the the, uh, the evil empire, the dark side, because we're bigger. Um, I, I don't know why. Um, I love, uh, you know, I certainly uh, have spent uh, countless hours sort of mentoring other guys and giving, you know, other people feedback and nothing makes me happier than seeing somebody from our organization go and do their own thing um, for themselves. Certainly, you don't like to lose anybody, and geez, I've 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 lost you, Shane, to a competitor. Mm -hmm. But to see to see Shane go and open up his own restaurant, I hope you're not doing it across the street. But uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's that that that, that gives me a great sense of satisfaction. Right, because you can know that you fostered that, and yeah. you played a part in that, right? Yeah, and I think if there's one thing that you know that maybe we do differently than a lot of other guys out there do, or a lot of other operators do, is I mean. We're business. I mean, I'm not doing this for the fun of it. I mean, yeah, it's fun for sure, but I need to. I, I need to make money in order to stay in business. Right. Um, you know, it's been some rocky times in Alberta the last several years. I mean, we grew rapidly, uh, sold a few businesses. Thank goodness, uh, our timing was very lucky. But yeah, there's months that it's very skinny. There's months that I've got my controller coming to me and saying, "Hey, you know." you got to put some money in here we got payroll and rent to make uh you know and then there's other months where hey things are things are great i mean quite honestly i mean everybody's like oh we're so busy we're so busy well we're supposed to be busy yeah you know I, all I, I, for a reason. I wish every month was december i wish christmas <laughs> came every month to be honest with you um but yeah i mean there's a as i said there's a lot of a lot of good stuff going on in this city and uh i'm i'm excited about you know what the future holds um, for not only Edmonton but you know our industry in general. Good. Well, Chris, thank you for your time. Well, thank you. Thank you for uh, for being instrumental in getting me into the hospitality industry back <laughs> seven years ago down in Calgary. I remember that. I yeah. appreciate that, um, and it's led to some amazing memories and uh, and certainly development of countless skills that I wouldn't have ever otherwise come across. So, great. Appreciate it. Great and good luck. I can't wait. I can't wait to see your next documentary. Okay, September. All right. All right. See Thanks, you later. Shane. As always, guys, super humbled and appreciative that you listen to this podcast. Uh, thanks for tuning in. And if you haven't already, make sure to go check out one of Chris's restaurants, although I find it highly unlikely that you wouldn't have. But at any rate, they're fantastic. Love you all and can't wait to see you next week.